Hey, history lovers. I'm Mike Rosenwald with Retropod, a show about the past rediscovered. New York City, 1915. Mary Peck opens her front door. The man who greets her there has an unbelievable offer. He'll pay $300,000 for some letters she has in safekeeping. That was a great deal of money back then, about $7 million in today's dollars. So what made these letters so valuable? They were love letters written to Mary by President Woodrow Wilson when he was married to his first wife. Wilson was running for re-election. The man at the door was apparently trying to sabotage the campaign. If this plot sounds vaguely recent, there's a reason. In politics, sex, money, and lies are as common as candidates posing for the cameras holding babies. During that fall, Wilson had a full plate of stressors. The British ocean liner Lusitania had been sunk by a German submarine, and pressure on the United States to enter World War I was mounting. There was his re-election to think about, too. But the issue with Peck weighed most heavily. Should it come out, Wilson's image as a stand-up, do-it-the-right-way guy would have imploded instantly. Friends and family knew about his relationship with Peck for years, but whispers were growing, and Wilson knew it. In his anguish, Wilson even wrote a statement in case his letters to Mary got out. He had met her in Bermuda eight years earlier, when he was 50 and she was 44. At the time, Wilson was the president of Princeton University. His wife, Ellen Wilson, had insisted he take a winter vacation to recover from the fights he had with colleagues over Princeton's future. She remained at their New Jersey home to tend to a sick daughter. So, Wilson sailed alone to the British island to relax. Meanwhile, Peck was in Bermuda to escape the cold weather in Massachusetts and her unhappy marriage to Thomas Peck. Wilson was stern-faced and the Virginia-born son of a conservative Presbyterian minister. But he was smitten with Peck. In his letters, he called her dearest friend, and he signed them your devoted friend. He said her letters mean more to me than I can ever say, or can ever hope to repay you for. He also sent gifts. Peck divorced in 1912. Some Republicans suspected that Wilson, a Democrat, was connected to her divorce. But even his enemies were generally reluctant to believe the gossip. Theodore Roosevelt, who ran against Wilson for president in 1912, is reported to have dismissed the rumors, saying, No evidence could ever make the American people believe that a man like Woodrow Wilson, cast so perfectly as the apothecary's clerk, could ever play Romeo. He was wrong. Wilson's wife, Ellen, died in 1914. In early 1915, he met Edith Galt, the widow of a wealthy Washington jeweler. Wilson began writing her with the same intensity that he had written to Peck and his first wife. He proposed to Galt in July 1915. He wrote to both of them. Galt forgave him, but Peck 
was unhappy. She found out about his engagement in the news and noted that his letter was dated after the newspapers published the stories. During the 1916 campaign, Peck was approached multiple times with offers of money in exchange for her letters with Wilson. She declined. After that, they stopped corresponding for three years. Then, in September 1919, he wrote to her again, suggesting a meeting in California where she was living and where he and his wife would be on a cross-country speaking tour. The three of them had lunch. Days later, Wilson collapsed after his speech in Colorado. The Wilsons returned to Washington, where he suffered a massive stroke that left him partially paralyzed. He died a few years later in 1924. Four years after his death, Peck signed a contract to sell the letters to Wilson biographer Ray Stannard Baker for the equivalent of about $448,000 today. In 1933, Peck wrote her own book, The Story of Mrs. Peck, and in it she wrote, It seemed strange and a little sad to see Baker walk away with the letters she had kept so close for so many years. But now, Wilson wasn't around anymore to see the damage. I'm Mike Rosenwald. Thanks for listening. Special thanks to Molly McCartney, who reported this story for the Washington Post. And for more forgotten stories from history, visit WashingtonPost.com slash Retropod.